If you want to find in uh, your pew Bible or the Bible you brought with you or your device, I, turn with me to Exodus chapter 14. This is the third uh, part in our series on the book of Exodus. There's one more week we'll spend, and that's the manna and quail section of Exodus. Uh, so far, uh, we have talked about stepping into God's future, one, by stepping into the divine name, Yahweh. And what we've said is that Yahweh is actually our very breath, that at any given moment, the breath that we breathe is the name of God, Yahweh, Yahweh. It's, it's intended to be breathed, to be inhaled and exhaled. It, God is closer uh, than we realize, as close as the breath on our lips. And, and last week, um, with that divine name in mind, as we step into to God's name, we said we must step into the future together by always being ready with our, our, our belt around us, our staff in our hand, it's the Passover of the Lord. Be ready to eat and be ready to move forward into God's future together. Belts fastened, sandals on your feet, staff in your hand. You eat it hurriedly. It's the Passover of the Lord. Today we're thinking about a, another miracle, the parting of the waters. Next week is the man and the quail, God's provisions as we take this journey together. But today, Exodus chapter 14 reminds us of a cataclysmic event in the life of God's people, a defining moment, we might say as they cross in from, from the past into the future. Let's look at Exodus 14 and listen for the word of the Lord. The angel of God who was going before the Israelite army moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved uh, from in front of them and took its place behind them. It, it came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel, and so the cloud was there with the darkness, and it lit up the night. One did not come near the other all night. And then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, all his chariots, and all of the chariot drivers, at the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of the fire and cloud looked down on the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into a panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, let us flee the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. And then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians and their chariots and their chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and it, at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the drivers, the entire army of Pharaoh that followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained, but the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I love this series on Exodus. It is it's something we learn from the time we're three years old or we hit third grade or we talk about it all throughout stages of our faith development, but throughout this series, when I, I've read these texts time and time again, 
I, I have some images. I, I just can't, I can't get them out of my mind. One is Charlton Heston and Yul Brenner in a Technicolor dream battle in 1956. Do you know this? The other is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, when Cameron was in Egypt land, let my Cameron go. Some of you have sent that to me over the past couple of weeks, by the way. 1986, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Or The Prince of Egypt, it's a Disney animated piece from 1998. It was a, a star-studded cast. And you would think it would be so animated that it would be kind of watered down and wouldn't have really the theological punch. But then I think about the song that Mariah Carey and Whitney sang, Whitney Houston, When You Believe. Do you know this song from the Prince of Egypt? Many nights we prayed with no proof anyone could hear. In our hearts, a hopeful song. We barely understood, and now we're not afraid. All, although we know there's much to fear, we're moving mountains long before we know we could. Well, yes, there are miracles when you believe. Though hope is frail, it's hard to kill. Who knows what miracles you can achieve when you believe somehow you will? You will when you believe. They don't always happen when you ask, and it's easy to give in to your fears, but when you're blinded by your pain, can't see the way, get through the rain, a small but still resilient voice says help is very near. Oh, there can be miracles when you believe. I've had that image in my mind, too. Now, confession. After last night's two-overtime game between Colorado State and, and Colorado, there might be a new exodus kind of moment that's happening with Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes, leading them out of the past and into the future. I don't know. Did y'all stay up and watch that? Wow. Whew. I can tell some of you did. God will make a way when we step together into God's future as brothers and sisters no matter where we've been, or no matter the uncertainty of the day, the fear about the future, hand in hand, one heartbeat, the pillar of fire, the cloud of smoke guiding us, we step by faith with God as our guide into the future. For 194 years, this has been the story of the people called Methodists in Montgomery, Alabama. We have passed through some deep waters time and again. Our story has had moments of twists and turns, of challenges and complications. Uh, when you're the oldest city, oldest congregation in a city like Montgomery, you, you grow up with it. You grow up together. You endure hard times together. You lead forward consistently together. You take giant leaps at times. You take baby steps at times to be a congregation that embraces the highs and lows of our story indicates that we lead from a place of honesty and a place of strength. And to be 194 years old in the city that launched the Civil War and the Civil Rights Movement, it matters. It matters to our story. It matters to the story of this city. And it matters to the world. This congregation has been a part of shaping the collective story of humanity. Let me say that again. We have been part of shaping the story of humanity, the world story. We've been showing the world how to pass through deep waters as a people of faith. Today, as we celebrate our birthday, that's what we're marking. 
another step forward into the future together. The Exodus story for me is one part, I've, I've said this a couple of weeks ago, it's one part about leaving our Egypts. It's one part about leaning into God's plan. And it's one part about leading future generations. Leaving our Egypts, leaning into God's plan, and leading future generations to God's care. The Exodus story, it's about a movement through the ages in unbroken line, as the hymn says. Uh, defining moments are like that for the people of faith. They involve this collective movement of God's people, all God's people in the same direction, no matter the Egypts, no matter the pharaohs that we're trying to flee in life, and we're trying to move forward together with, with God as our guide. And, and the thing is, we all have an Egypt from which God is summoning us to break. Cycles of of oppression, of addiction, the bonds of shame can be in Egypt, can be a pharaoh. Shackles of envy and anger, things that we have said that we cannot unsay can be in Egypt. Things we wish we had said but we missed the opportunity and it weighs heavily on us, can weigh us down from stepping forward. Those Egypts, some of which are bricks without straw moments in our lives, those Egypts, however, do not get the final word in our lives. They're part of our story, but then God parts some waters. So Exodus, for all of its interpretation, 1956, 86, 98, Coach Prime, it continues to be a living collective narrative about God's people digging deep, drawing from the deep waters, a collective memory of God's people, this belief that with God all things are possible. Jeremiah tells us, before I formed you in the waters of the womb, I knew you. Isaiah comforts us. He says, when you pass through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the, the rivers, I will not sweep over you. And it's the waters of baptism where we cross from an old life into a new life with Christ. In just a moment, uh, when we come forward, we literally will make the sign of the cross on our foreheads because we are crossing into a new day. As another great hymn says, from the past will come a future. What it is, a mystery, unrevealed until it's seasoned, something God alone can see. You see, God's people are born and reborn in water. We wade into the water, as fearful as it might be. One writer said that since water conceals everything beneath the waves, the sea is this, this realm of the hidden. It seems so spiritually distant from ours. It's hidden from us. And so splitting the sea and revealing this, this land across which the Jews could walk expresses the idea that, that with God, hidden realms become revealed and accessible. God's future reveals new ways and new days. And I thought a lot about this text. There God's people stood on the banks of the Red Sea, with the Egyptian apparatus, Pharaoh in hot pursuit, and God's people had nowhere to go except the water. Sometimes there's nowhere else to go except the water, except into the future, to wade into this water. 
There's a humorous part to this story that sometimes is overlooked. I don't, I don't know if, if our families want to share this with our third graders, but, but the Hebrew people are fleeing, and they get to this place. They could have gone a lot easier pathways. God didn't choose that. They weren't equipped to fight. They were equipped to trust. They were called to trust, drawn to trust. And so they get to this watershed moment, <laughs> and they're standing there, nowhere to go. What do we do? These waters part. There's a wall on the left, a wall on the right. The land begins drying up. And they just stand there mystified. What do we do next? Yahweh breaks in again and basically says, What are you waiting on? Let's go. Step. Step into the next chapter of your story. And we would think that the Hebrew people just plunged right into that portal. They started walking and carrying on, but, but after further review, they were so hesitant. They were still so fearful. It says something about our human condition, doesn't it? I love the, uh, the Midrashic accounts of this, and, and one uh, rabbi said in one of the early commentaries that um, one of the Hebrew people started singing to another as they crossed, mud in Egypt and now mud in the sea, mud and bricks in Egypt, now the mud of many waters at the sea, mud in Egypt and now mud in the sea. Sounds about right, doesn't it? Focusing on the past, miring in the, the mud and the muck, the steps that sometimes we're asked to take, it will cause us to miss a miracle that God is doing right now. Our Jewish brothers and, and sisters celebrated their new year a few years ago, Rosh Hashanah. So Shana Tova to all my Jewish brothers and sisters who are with us or watching today. Um, uh, there's a saying about the new year that, uh, that grants us insight. It's something that Christians need to learn because the mindset of Rosh Hashanah, a new year, a new day, it's all about looking forward with hope, backwards with gratitude, but staying present in the moment. What is the miracle God is doing right now? We can focus on the mud or we can focus on the miracle. Sometimes stepping into God's future, it means you just have to do it. To take a step into the unknown, the unfamiliar, without trying to control the outcome, the, the mud and all, just, just step, walk. God parts the seas. We begin to believe. There will be fear. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, whose work I greatly appreciate, says that any great undertaking will come with fear. Stepping into the future, whatever that means for relationships, job opportunities, school starting, whatever the future is for you, it comes with fear, if we're being honest. Sometimes the fear of failure, sometimes the fear of success. Are we worthy of it? Can we sustain it? We long for the security of the familiar. Do you hear that? The life we've known. Because we're afraid of the, the life and the steps into the unknown. And the journey of, of life itself will expose that vulnerability about us. Even the greatest people have felt fear. Courage, says Rabbi Sachs, is not fearlessness. It's feeling the fear but doing it anyway, stepping forward anyway. Sometimes the only way to do this is to know that there's no way back, says Jonathan Sachs. This, 
the rabbi says that this is a, tur- a no-turning-back moment for God's people, for the Israelite people. A critical point where the only direction they could move was into the future. You might have some fear about reaffirming your baptism or renewing your, your vows of covenant. That's okay. What we are doing today is about marking a moment at 194 years young for us to walk into the future together. What it holds, we'll see. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future, and that's enough for me. So we're moving, taking steps into God's future, and there's two questions, two questions with which we want to wrestle today. One, keep it before us. What are the Egypts and the Pharaohs we need to leave behind in order to step into a future with this faith community. Paul uses this marriage language of leaving and cleaving. What, what do you need to leave behind and cleave to, to one another to move forward together into a new covenant, a new relationship? We all have an Egypt. and We all have a God who's leading us forward together. Secondly, are we ready to step into that future, God's future? Because the thing is, at 194 years old, over the next year, we're going to hit another milestone, 195 years. There's a good, good marking number there. And over the course of the next year, we're going to capture these hopes and dreams as we step into God's future together. And at 195 years old, the plan is to set our sights then on 200 years of mission and ministry as the people called Methodists in Montgomery. And those steps begin today, leaving our Egypts, leaning into God's plan by faith, and leading future generations into God's care. We have a baptism to reaffirm today as a remembrance that God still parts waters and provides a future for those who are committed to taking these steps, of letting go of the mud and the muck and planting hopes and dreams in the form of a dogwood tree and some live oaks out front. So we're stepping forward right now. We're going to make some disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world.